To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this fourth Sunday in Lent is the gospel for today. You heard it read from the third chapter of John. I recall just these words. As Moses lifted up the snake on a pole in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Then everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who hung on the tree and bled on the tree and died on the tree for you and me, my beloved. When I say the word ugly or ugliness, what comes to mind? Ugly, if you look it up in the dictionary, means frightful, terrible, horrible offensive to the sight, repulsive. Uh, maybe when you hear the word ugly or ugliness, you uh, might think of 9-11 uh, and the rubble. It was the aftermath of the uh, Twin Towers destruction. Or perhaps you might think of um, the debris from Hurricane Katrina that you've seen on TV. Or maybe it was one of those war documentaries uh, where you saw those bodies lying dead on the battlefield. The most ugly sight to me is death. And you probably know, but during my uh, fairly lengthy ministry, I have officiated at many, 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 many funerals. And sometimes members say, uh, but pastor, you usually get, you get used to that after a while, don't you? And I say, no, you never get used to it. In fact, I had a pastor friend who actually left the ministry because he just couldn't do funerals. He always said, I can't bury any more of my friends. The reason that death is frightful is because it's unnatural. Now, I know a lot of people don't understand that, but that's what God says. Death is unnatural because that's not the way he created us to be. He created us body and soul to be linked together forever, to live forever. And so death is unnatural, and it's frightening. It is not right that a body should be lying there in a casket, not breathing, not walking, not talking. It's offensive to the sight. It's frightful. And it even takes an emotional drain on pastors. I remember uh, my son at uh, his great-grandma's funeral. I don't know if he was maybe 9, 10. He just could not go up to the front of the church to look at her. John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 this morning direct us as we walk through the wilderness of this life to look at death and live. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Familiar words? These are the words just prior to it. Jesus speaking with Pharisee Nicodemus at night. 
Perhaps it was that Nicodemus wanted to visit with Jesus because he was afraid of what other people might say if he was talking to the rabbi. Or maybe it was somebody said he just didn't want to wait until morning. And so he had this discussion with Jesus. And during that discussion, Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. What's that all about? It's all about an event that took place some 1,500 years before this conversation. God's people were out there wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And now it was time, indication by God, to move into the promised land. And they, they were eager and, and willing and ready to do that. And they were going to march northward right up to what would be Jerusalem today. But the people from the country of Edom said, you can't go through here. And so they had to turn around and make a hundred-mile detour to the south because before they could head north again. A hundred-mile detour. I can remember before the days of GPS uh, when we'd take uh, summer trips with my folks in the car. And you'd be tooling along really good, and all of a sudden, detour. Remember some of those things? And sometimes they were 15 miles, 25 miles, but 100 miles? And these people were all walking on foot. It was during that 100-mile detour that the people became impatient, and they complained. They became impatient, and so they criticized Moses and God. Why did you make us leave Egypt just to let us die here in the desert? There's no bread or water and we can't stand this awful food. What awful food? Manna. For 40 years, God had been so faithful and kind to his people, miracle after miracle, dividing the Red Sea, walking through. That wonderful bread from heaven, manna, quail at night. Now they were filled with worry and doubt and dissatisfaction. God, we don't like what you're doing today. This time, God responded with anger. You might say God's patience ran out. And so he sent poisonous snakes into camp all over the place. They bit the people. I don't know if they were cobras, rattlers, Cottonmouth, black mambas, copperheads, maybe a mixture of all of them, maybe some miraculous snakes that God just created, but they were all over the place and they bit the people and they died. And when they looked around and they saw how many people were dying, now they repented and they said, Moses, pray to God, help us out here. And that's when God gave a very strange directive to Moses. Moses, make a replica of the snakes that are biting the people. Put it on a pole and raise it real high in the middle of the camp. And then anyone who looks at the snake will not die, but live. How strange. God promised life by looking at the embodiment of death. What sense did it make to escape death by looking at death made larger? 
And I would imagine that there were a whole bunch of different reactions to Moses' directions. To some people, that huge snake on a pole was repulsive. It was offensive to their sight. Didn't make any sense just by looking at a snake to be healed. I'm sure some people tried to take matters into their own hands. Maybe some people made mustard plasters and put it on the wound. Or maybe uh, they made incisions in their arm and tried to suck out the blood. Or maybe they asked the priest to please pray for them. The people who acted that way died because none of their man-made remedies worked. Only looking at the snake on the pole saved. As Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You know, in, in so many ways, we are just exactly like God's people in the wilderness. Sometimes we just don't like the way God is doing things. And so we get impatient. I mean, we're impatient about so many things, aren't we? Israel, what they really didn't like is they didn't like waiting in line to have to go the other way. We don't like to wait in line to get cream puffs at the state fair. We don't like to wait in line uh, to ride the next ride at the theme park. We don't like to wait in line like I didn't yesterday to check out groceries at the grocery store. We don't like to wait at the entrance ramp during rush hour. We certainly don't like to wait to go through the TSA line at the airport. I don't like to wait in line at the post office. I don't like to wait in line at McDonald's. I don't like to wait in line like I had to do the other day at the car wash. I don't like to wait in line at the doctor's office. I don't like to wait in line at Miller Park to get into the game. And we are impatient also for God to work out things in his way according to his time. And because of our impatience, we also complain. We complain about so many things. Right now, this time of year, you're probably complaining about your taxes. We complain about the refs at the basketball games. We're going to be complaining at the Packers draft picks. We complain about the potholes, politicians, our bosses, Wall Street, the weather. It's either too hot or too cold. And then we also, when, uh, we also have reverse uh, complaining, too. Oh, the weather isn't it really wonderful. I guess we're going to have to pay for it later. You name it, we complain about it. And all of it is expressions of dissatisfaction, because when you take a look at it, God's ruling the whole world. So to complain is really a complaint against God himself. Jeremiah said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. For impatient... Complaining sinners, God lifts up his son on a cross. Instead of seeing people as completely detestable, which we are, 
He lifts someone else with a detestable appearance to save them. Stricken, smitten, afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by man rejected. O sacred head now wounded with grief and shame weighed down. Yet though despised and gory, for us impatient and complaining sinners, there still remains only one answer today. Look to the cross and live. Look at death and live. Why were the um, people out there in the wilderness being bitten by snakes? Uh, why were they saved by looking at death? Why look at a snake on a pole to cure the venom? Why? Because God said so. And he worked a miracle. Why are we saved by the ugliness of Jesus on the cross? Because God says so. It's a miracle. God dies in your place. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress. God loved the world this way. He gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him should not die, should not perish, but have eternal life. That's God's gift to you. Through the ugly death on a cross. That after you and I have finished walking our journey through this wilderness, with the imperfections of impatience and complaining, you get to walk through the open wide door of paradise, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Until then... We all have a daily, vital, and urgent purpose for living. O Lord, once lifted on the glorious tree, as thou hast promised, draw us all to thee. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Look to the cross. Oh, it's ugly, but it's also beautiful. Look to the cross and live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. <clears throat> the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.